Welcome back, healthy people, to another episode of On Call with Dr. Randy. I'm back with part two of gas, bloating, and belching. I've been getting a lot of messages from some listeners saying that some of the symptoms I described sounded just like them. Well, I just wanted to let you know that you're not alone and other people are suffering from digestive issues just like you. Oh, my favorite message was the message of old girl saying that she was walking around feeling like a helium balloon. Yeah, in her voice, that, that, was, that was a pretty funny message that we got. Man, she said you could tie her up on the back of a chair at a baby shower and she would float all the way to the ceiling and just be waving her arms all the way around because she full of so much gas. You better not say her name. She tells us that in confidence. HIPAA laws. Uh, listener confidentiality. Yeah, we'll say that. Oh, okay, okay. I won't say her name. But just a quick side note. You know baby showers have the best meatballs. Yeah, you're right, Intervoice. You're right. Especially if that was a surprise, baby. Ooh, the meatballs be fire. Fire at the surprise baby showers. Whoa. Oh, I, you are a fool in a voice. Something is wrong with you. you just, you're just too much. You need to get out of here. You, you chirping too much for me. All right, all right. I, I'm out of here. I, I'll see you later. Man, that guy, that guy. Something's wrong. I don't know who's writing his material, but something's wrong with that guy. Anyways, last week I discussed gas and bloating related to onset of symptoms. Essentially, less than 30 minutes after eating a meal, and I discussed greater than 30 minutes after eating a meal. So let's talk about some of the causes of gas and bloating less than 30 minutes after eating a meal. As discussed last week, gastric bloating is bloating that occurs in your stomach and begins 30 minutes after eating a meal. Causes of gastric bloating can include functional dyspepsia, gastroparesis, and gastric outlet obstruction. So once again, causes of gastric bloating can include functional dyspepsia, gastroparesis, and gastric outlets obstruction. Don't worry, I'm gonna break down each one of those words to you. So let's start off with functional dyspepsia. Functional dyspepsia is also known as indigestion. Most people have heard of indigestion and functional dyspepsia is just another word for indigestion or another combination of words. Most individuals who have functional dyspepsia have fullness after eating a meal, bloating sensation, or get full earlier. Some people also may have heartburn. Therefore, some people with indigestion may also have heartburn, also known as gastroesophageal reflux disorder. So sometimes these two symptoms can overlap. Another cause of gas and bloating is gastroparesis. Gastroparesis is a chronic disorder of delayed gastric emptying. Basically, food and liquid just sits there in your stomach. So gastro means stomach, paresis means paralysis. So basically paralysis of the muscles of your stomach. Gastroparesis affects the normal spontaneous movement of the muscles in your stomach. So once again, the muscles in your stomach aren't basically turning the food and getting it to move like it should be. People with gastroparesis develop nausea and vomiting along with gas and bloating. The cause of this is often unknown. That says, sadly we just don't know the cause sometimes. But gastroparesis can occur after a viral infection and can rarely occur in diabetics. 
And the last thing that can cause gas and bloating, well not the last thing, but one of the common things that can cause gas and bloating is gastric outlet obstruction, which is just what it sounds like. There is an obstruction preventing stomach contents from exiting the stomach. The most common cause is scarring related to chronic stomach ulcers. So that's it. That's the three examples of potential causes for gas and bloating less than 30 minutes after you eat. At the end of the episode, I'll provide some information on tests that can be ordered to rule in or rule out these conditions. On this episode's interview portion, we'll finish the conversation with Christopher Campbell and Lamont Ponton regarding wealth management and financial literacy. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do. They provide some real good gems in that episode. This week's episode will also have Randy's random questions, one of my favorite parts of every interview. This one was definitely fun. So let's get into the interview. As people of color, have we reached that point? Are we getting to that point? Uh, those who, like I said, when a, when a student is ready, the teacher will show. Those who say, I'm ready to be a student. Mm-hmm. Those who say, yeah, I want to I sit down. I want to get on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when, when they get there, like I said, it's not even seen as a meeting. It's an experience. Okay. So here's the why behind the what. So on the insurance side. Here's what we have to talk about, those skewed mindsets around insurance. Let's go back to Reconstruction, right, post-Civil War. During those days, life insurance companies didn't even write policies on African-Americans. So it gives us the idea that's not even for us. So that's why we hear stuff like, you know, anybody getting rich off my death, ain't nobody do that for me or how much it costs. But that sell us a little burial policies, you know, might be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $20,000 a year. They'll come by grandma, big mama house every Saturday, pick up a dollar fifty, two dollars, you know, keep you right there, right? So, but not knowing about all these other strategies that Lamont speaks so eloquently to that we that we do with life and with permanent life insurance. We can't even get to those conversations because soon we say the word insurance, we feel like somebody trying to kill us. But it's actually called life insurance for a reason. There are way more benefits around money, growth, taxes, and all that with life insurance there it is the death card so that's 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 on the insurance side now i love talking about the investing side meaning there's reasons why when someone talk about stocks or bonds we actually a little intimidated you know we say stuff like make money when we sleep but really it's just like going to the pool party we ain't getting in the pool <laughs> Lamont talks about that too sorry still for stealing that one Lamont. so i like to talk about what was going on when the stock market came out hey the roaring 20s you know what was going on in, in, in white world? It was fun. It was music. It was fashion. It was and now the it, it was awesome. Great Gatsby. Hey, L. Scott Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. you know, the pursuit of individual wealth. That's what it's about, right? So now the common man can participate in this thing called the stock market. And so at nighttime, we're going to, at dinner, around the table, we're going to talk about stocks and companies with our six and seven-year-olds. And it's a part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 if the stock is $100, we can get it for 10 because about this thing called margin. It's awesome. That's what was going on in white world. You know, so we're having great conversations about thriving. You know what was going on in black world? Poverty. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that would be fun if it was just poverty. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it was 1919. It was post-World uh, War One when the black men came back from World War One. Uh, KKK, that was the rise of the KKK. That's when they really, really exploded. Okay, in terms of the growth of their organization. 
right? So they were terrorizing black families when the, when the soldiers came back. So while the white people were having conversations about thriving, we were having conversations about surviving. And this continued over, over, over the years. It's been generational. So I, I we have to speak to the mindset portion. Before we can, so I wrote an article on this, right, a few years back where I'm challenging or charging other wealth advisors to create more, more diverse client experiences for diverse clients. Mm-hmm. You know, we, Ramon and I can't, you know, come in and talk about, you know, we want to, you know, uh, reposition Alpha to get this and, de- you know, de-risk your portfolio because standard deviation is too high and want to do this in emerging markets. Well, that's too much. Let's just that's, that's talk about the basics and the mindset and how we're going to make sure that you have this knowledge for your family. Get the long-term care because you remember what happened with your aunt and your grandma? Yes, that's you know one that that happened again. Do it. So we, this is how that works. Right, yeah. and it's very important to get life insurance while you're young too, as well. I've kind of learned this as a physician treating different patients, and if I diagnose with them with something, it may come back later where they may not get approved for life insurance because of certain conditions. Like I even learned something last week. I I was one of my patients, his family had a, like a high history of cancer, a lot of individuals. I'm like, do you want to see like a geneticist to kind of figure out, is there something going on with your genes? He's like, well, I kind of talked to one, but I didn't get it done because they told me that if I get my genetic testing done and it comes back, showing I have a high probability of developing cancer that I might not get life insurance because of that. So it's going to be documented in my chart and then the life insurance company will see that and not necessarily approve me. So if you can, if you want to get life insurance, make sure you try to get it as young as you can before something kind of else develops on in life. So how would y'all kind of suggest people to find a good wealth management team? Like what do individuals need to look for specifically? Someone that fits your style. So African-Americans now, yeah, in our office, there's a, we got a whole plethora. As I like, we like the Avengers. So it's, it's a bunch of different advisors. And even outside of the African-Americans, you just find someone that fits your style, that that's, makes that's comfortable with you. See, a lot of times the advisor will try to talk over the person or make them feel like they're smarter. You don't want anyone like that. You want somebody that's going to be able to relate to you. Let's say, you know, hey, you know, whether it's about baseball, y'all can connect, whatever. You just want someone that can kind of speak the same language as you, but also is passionate and has a passion for their for their business and for their, uh, helping others. So cool. I think that's the main thing. Cool, cool. And I know some people want to know logistically wise, how do y'all get paid through all of this on the back end? Like I know yeah. people may be hesitant into getting one because they, they think it may be an exorbitant amount of money that they have to pay to have y'all as an advisory team. So how do y'all get paid? Great, I'll speak to that. So we're, we're paid in three ways, right? The first way we're paid is when we manage money and investment accounts, right? So remember we said all clients are investment clients, like we have a minimum. Our minimum for investment clients is $100,000 for investment clients if we if we need to perform that service. And the way it works is we just, we're just able to charge a fee, right? That's how advisors are paid. So it means hypothetically speaking, I say if a charger, if an advisor is charging one percent on a hundred K, that means that year he would make thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Right. But say the account grows to hundred and seven, and then that means the following year the advisor make a thousand seventy. You grow, the advisor grows, we all grow together. That's how that's how that's the first one we're paid whenever we do investments. Okay. Second one we're paid is 
anytime we need to leverage an annuity or an insurance contract, we just receive a commission from a company we place it with. We always make a Northwestern Mutual first because we believe in it's fashion that they actually are the best in terms of quality and S, Y, and Z and numbers and such. But all clients will make it with Northwestern Mutual. They're like bougie life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) So if we don't get Northwestern Mutual, we're able to go outside and write any other company, Mm -hmm. right? So we're able to write, but the thing is no other company can write Northwestern Mutual other other than Northwest. So we have exclusive distribution. That's another thing that's unique and special about what we have with Northwestern. And then the last one we're compensated, introductions. You don't want to be the only person with the knowledge drip, share us. So we do a lot of events with our clients, wine and wealth, uh, money mimosas. We love to start some things with some physicians. Cause um, so actually, I, I'll just I'm sorry if I'm rambling on this one because this one is just happened to be a, that was a good question. It's like talking about how we're compensated, but the marrow piece. Only reason I got into this business is because of working with physicians with pharmaceutical sales. My relationships with all the doctors. So uh, like Amon said, just having someone who knows your, your style, can speak your language, and understands uh, what your problems are, so they can help you solve them. Because it's about solving problems. Okay. So if you had to leave like one lasting words of encouragement or advice to people, especially during Financial Literacy Month, um, what kind of advice would y'all leave? You can't out earn bad spending habits. I don't care how much you make. If you spend it all, it's not going to matter. If you make a hundred grand, you spend eighty of it. Guess what? You're no worse than that person that's making 60, you know? So basically you can't spend everything you make, right? You have to have discipline, all right? Create a budget, all right? It's like your meal plan. And in your budget, put your hobbies in there, all right? But then everything outside of that, be disciplined with it, stick to your plan. That would be the main thing I say. Don't just get your, don't, you can't out-earn bad spending habits. So get your spending in order, and then you'll see your life start to flourish financially. That's a good one. And I guess I'll leave, if I had to pick one for right now, I'll leave with, um, I guess, uh, a note that I got from um, Dr. Brene Brown in her book, Dare to Lead. Uh, it talks about rumbling with vulnerability and talked about how most relationships, businesses, corporations fail due to the inability to be vulnerable um, and have courageous conversations. So the courageous conversation I'm, I'm speaking of right now is the one that you got to have with yourself. And just say, you know what? This is a knowledge I do not know. I don't know. I don't know it. Let me seek information. If I, so the thing is, we're really quick. If I'm sick, yeah, I could read WebMD, Randy, but I probably should pull up on you, right? Or, you know, if, if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? I could Google something, but I probably should, probably should go to, a, to an attorney. Let, uh, let professionals be professional in their profession. So make yourself vulnerable. Being vulnerable is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength, okay? Make yourself vulnerable. Sit down with someone. You can't heal what you don't reveal. So we're here. We'll have to make it uh, from, from from beginning to the end, make it like an experience with our clients. Uh, we just hired Nia. She is really like an awesome jewel for our practice. She was working at Chick-fil-A, so, you know, anything that was at Chick-fil-A, anything from Chick-fil-A is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just hired Poncho, you know, him and Jesse, they just hired him for our branding. So we're just, we're just an awesome time. We're growing. So it's been a blessing. So, but I would say, hey, to the audience, those listening, make yourself vulnerable. And, um, and we're here and we'll be here. Cool. So speaking of here, how do people reach out to you guys to maybe set up a meeting and to get some advice and possibly work with you? 
Well, first off, if you're listening, I love for you to I say first hit my uh, my uh, Instagram. Instagram is I am Mr. Campbell. Shoot me a DM. I love to connect with you there. Lamont is at Jersey LP. Mm-hmm. No, LP. Yeah, LP. You can connect yeah. on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. First name, last name, and then uh, should we give them Nia's? Yeah. And then Nia. Nia is, uh, to, what we'll do is I, once you connect my, my Instagram, I would direct you to Nia. And she, her email is nia.griffin at nm.com. Nia.griffin at n, like Nancy, nm.com. And she will identify time that works for your calendar as well as ours. Um, and we'll meet by phone, by Zoom, or for special occasions in person, COVID-free. <laughs> um, and I also love doing events as well. Like I said, nice Zoom events. Um, and we just educate. We don't have anything to sell. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all sitting down and talking to me. Uh, y'all gave some great advice. Um, I hope people really listen to this and take heed to all the knowledge that y'all drop. And we're going to make sure to bring y'all back on in the future, maybe next year, kind of see how the business is going and talk more about financial literacy, or maybe in later in the year when people should start kind of getting their self good together financial at the end of the year. Question for you. I was asking you from your perspective, from what you gathered this evening, well, maybe two or three takeaways you did you gather from this evening that you, that you might not have known or been aware of? So I need to make sure that I continue having a wealthy mindset and just more so focusing on things to diversify my income. I mean, diversify the way that I invest in things. I know you kind of mentioned like stocks and bonds. That's something that I really haven't gotten into that much. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is just from lack of of fear. Like I I ain't trying to boast, but I like, I got the money. But yeah, I, just, it just, yeah. I put it in the, I know y'all always talk about buckets. I need to make sure I put my stuff in the right buckets. So yeah. that's what I kind of been working on recently is like, what buckets am I going to put my money in? So yeah. kind of been looking at some investment properties this week, but I know it's other buckets that I can put my money in. Because yeah. like I said, what happens when you think about that is the between making money versus growing money. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to help you around and help our clients around is understanding the growing money piece. Like right now where the money is sitting right now, where it's chilling, doing nothing. That's why it's like, it's almost like we say your dollars are just at home, chilling, watching TV while you're out working. Mm-hmm. Your dollars should be growing. And when we talk about investing dollars, so the thing is we think about movies and stocks falling and all that. No, we're talking about just getting steady, Eddie. Five, six, seven, eight percent every single year. Your money is growing, and we look at investment properties. Guess what? Google this one. Write this one down. It's called securities-based lending. Securities-based lending. You don't use your money, okay? Your money should be growing. Consistency compounds. You don't never want to interrupt consistency compounding dollars. So you use your that account and leverage that as access to get them more dollars to get that investment property. So now you have these dollars with the investment property and your dollars over here still growing getting six, seven, eight, nine percent every single year. Howard mm-hmm. Einstein says compound interest is the eighth one in the world. Those who know it earn it, those who don't pay it. Man, I done bought Chris and Lamont on and they got me reading books and doing homework now. So hey, I got man. four books I need to go read and, and do do my Googles over here yeah. so I can get some good information. 
But uh, we're going to bring y'all back, like I said, in the future. And we're going to wrap up with uh, Randy's yeah, random questions, okay? Yeah. Okay, man. We appreciate okay. it, man. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I thank you. So we got Chris and Lamont back for Randy's random questions. Y'all ready to knock it out? Let's do it. All right. So first question, who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight and why? So you got a long flight that's going on. You're leaving from here. You're flying all the way, let's just say, to Tokyo or something. You sitting in first class. You got all the leg room. They bring in you cookies and stuff. You got a nice movie on. Then you look to the side and see such and such is sitting next to you. And it's somebody you can get advice from, somebody that you can sit and flirt to, somebody that you can just laugh and joke with. Who would you hope was sitting next to you on this 10-hour flight? Oh man, see you said last. I guess I'm gonna get Eddie Murphy. I'm gonna say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you, know, you said yeah, you said last. Because at last. first I was just going entertainment. Then you like you want to learn from. I'm like yeah, man. Then it's ten hours. I can do. so I'm gonna say like Eddie Murphy. That way I can learn the business, be laughing the whole time, and also learn about you know some of the OGs, the you know the Richard Pryors, the uh, Michael Jacksons, and all those. I, I think I, yeah. I think I'll be Eddie. Yeah, we well, say like his brother that. Charlie. So that'll be a good conversation. Okay. Yeah. We say like that now. I'm gonna say Jamie Foxx. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jamie Foxx because he he he's had a unique you know spin in music comedy. But I want to just sit there and just laugh with him. <laughs> you know, I spent most of my childhood being sad. People tell me I look like him anyway. <laughs> but, That's yeah. funny. So what's your what's your most favorite like uh, Jamie Foxx like entertainment thing like album or movie? Oh 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 uh, oh. So freshman year, mm-hmm. freshman year, I used to walk around with. This is his comedy special. I might need security. Hmm. I used to keep it in my backpack, and he'd be like, "Hey man, you see my? I might need security." He'd be like, "Nah, I put it in." Like, oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. You, just, yeah, you seen it? Yeah, I seen it before. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, next question: What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on a date? Like something where it was like, man, I didn't expect that this was happening. Like she went to the bathroom and came out with a, a new hairstyle going on. Like um, you seen one of your homeboys there and he was with some with, with somebody he shouldn't have been with. Like what's one thing that like a crazy date story that you can kind of think of off the top of your head? Did I have to be did I have to be in it? No, you don't necessarily nah. have to be in it. Okay. This is crazy. We can, um, we can keep the names anonymous around here. We okay. I, I, I know of a guy who liked a woman. The woman was married. Mm. Okay. He liked the woman. The woman was married. Right. And he, he and he he was able to allow with her because she would talk about how the wife, the husband would be doing her or whatever. He'd be like, oh, that's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he sees the husband out one day at a bar. The husband's at a bar with another woman having a drink. He takes a picture of <laughs> the, the husband and the woman having a drink, sends it to the wife. Oh, man. Don't hate All the right. hate the game right there. Right? Okay. Well, send it to the wife. Hold on. I thought that was horrible for him to do that. Well, eventually the husband and the wife do what? They they get back together. They, they, well, that, that's well, how it works. Well... Husband's like, man, how'd you get that picture? He pulls up on the dude, whole situation. Oh. That was probably the worst dating situation I've ever heard of. I, I've had, yeah, that was the worst I've ever heard. Of. 
Boys out here trying to get a win. They like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sitting at the bar with the wrong one. I'm, I'm a, did he zoom in? That's the question. You got to press some buttons on your phone. You got to use your index and your middle finger. You put a filter on that? Yeah, man. Look, <laughs> I, I would do something like that. Put some hearts around them. Like, hey, man, see your boy. Make it a boomerang. Like, there she is. I told you give her a drink. Right. There he is. That's him sliding the drink to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, man. I, I'd probably be an ass and would pay for their drinks. They wouldn't even know. Like, hey, man, the bartender told somebody pay for y'all drinks. It was yeah. me, the dude who sent yeah. a picture to your wife. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Randy, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, man. I do want to say that I didn't say earlier that I definitely want to get in. This is since, since what you've been a physician because he uses this analogy all the time. Basically, what we're doing is when you meet with us, you're giving us your problem. Like, so we're in the exam room, like we go see a patient. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, after that, we we say, all right, we're gonna walk away. I.e., schedule a recommendation meeting. That's us going to write the script. Cool. We come back for the next meeting, and we're just presenting the script. And when you leave the office, you can do what? You can take the recommendation and go to the pharmacy, or you cannot. Yeah. But guess what? It, if you don't do it, it just compounds. They don't go away. And then when you need other things, you just keep coming back, and we're we're here when you need us. Right. Same process. Same process. Definitely. So, so this is the last question. What's up? What's one movie that everybody loves? A majority of people that you absolutely hate. Like one movie that, like, man, everybody's like, man, this is a great movie. You're like, man, that is trash. Like, for example, like for me, one one movie that our culture loves that I've kind of seen like for the first time a couple of years ago was Paid in Full. I was like, man, my opinion, that was like a bad movie. Just the script, just the acting. Like, I see your face, Chris. I I see that's that's the type of face I want to make whenever you tell me one movie that everyone loves that you think is trash. (laughs) These are good. Damn. Oh man, I, I don't know if I want to even think about that. I want to think about why you don't like paid in full. Oh man, it was just, in my opinion, just bad storytelling. The act, like some of the things, was like unbelievable. So, so in that in that same elk when it first came, I was not a fan of Belly when it first came out. Even though they shot it around the corner from my house, I'm like, I'm like it's just not good acting. It ain't all that great. I wasn't as hyped up on Belly when it first came out. So I could I could kind of feel you with the paid in full. Okay, okay. Man, you go back and watch stuff as an adult, you're like, man, this might have been hitting when I was younger, but as I've gotten older and seen other movies, like, yeah, this All right. Great. Okay, with that being said, it had to grow, grow on me. I was like that with state property. Okay. I was like that with state property. A lot of people were like, oh, state property out, man, it's tight. I was like, yeah, I don't even like the first one. I like the second one. I like that one, but that, that one was funnier to me. But yeah, yeah, it's a couple of those. Yeah. Why y'all like paying? I can't even. I can't. Why y'all like paying full, bro? Like, what you what you saying? I'm just saying, man. The story just wasn't that great overall, man. Just, just so chopped up and just the whole <laughs> thing. I'm like, yeah, this this. Jeezy even Jeezy based his whole video video off of uh, paying full. Oh yeah, I'm Jeezy fan. Jeezy did a great job, but I'm talking about the movie overall, man. Your bricks ace overall, man. Jeezy thing was better than the, the whole movie. Yeah, so I might get some backlash for that paid in full, but I mean that was the point of the question. So there it is, there it is. Yeah. So all right, appreciate y'all sitting down for Randy's random questions. No, y'all wasn't expecting that. 
but uh, this is part of the podcast. So thank once again, so thank y'all for sitting down and that's thank it. You. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Randy. Well, that's it for this episode. I take nothing back that I said. The storyline in that movie was unbelievable. Could have been written a whole lot better. I'm just saying. What is a movie that everyone liked and you thought was terrible? Shoot me a message on IG at underscore Dr. Randy and I'll give you a shout out with the movie you mentioned in my next episode. So shoot me a message of a movie that you thought was terrible but everyone gave so much praise to. Should be some real interesting answers. Be sure to go to Chris's website to set up a visit with him to get your finances in order. The website is located in the show description along with his and Lamont's social media info. So be sure to go follow them too on social media on IG. Just to touch back up on gas and bloating. When evaluating someone for functional dyspepsia, also known as what? Indigestion. Hopefully you got that right. We're doing a little quiz at the end. One thing you can be tested for if you have indigestion is H. pylori, which is a bacteria infection that can sometimes lead to indigestion. H. pylori can also lead to the development of stomach ulcers. We talked about stomach ulcers a little bit earlier. Stomach ulcers can lead to scarring, which can lead to scarring of your stomach. Scarring of your stomach can lead to that's right gastric outlet obstruction everything is coming back full circle from what we talked about earlier the way to be evaluated for gastric outlet obstruction is to have a procedure called an egd it is where a camera is stuck down your throat while you're sedated so you won't feel it and it goes all the way to your stomach to see if you have scarring occurring in your stomach last for gastroparesis you can be evaluated for diabetes and possibly have a gastric emptying study. As you recall from earlier, gastroparesis can be caused from diabetes, but it's very rare. Remember, gastroparesis is paralysis of the muscles of the stomach. A gastric emptying study evaluates how long it takes for food to leave your stomach. So that's what it's evaluating you for with the gastric emptying study. That's it for this episode. All this talk about food and the digestive system has made me a little bit hungry. Oh, you hungry, bro? Come over here, man. I got some meatballs for you. Just left this baby shower and I got some of these fire meatballs. The dad showed up a little bit late, but his mom was right there on time. She was helping set everything up. And for some reason, she had a Baptist church hat on. It was real confusing that be wearing that at a baby shower. Yeah, that is confusing in her voice, huh? Do those meatballs have Sweet Baby Ray's on? And you notice, man. Oh yeah, okay, y'all. I got, I gotta go, man. I gotta go get some of these meatballs. Uh, be sure to rate, follow, and share with others. I appreciate all those who have done that for me. Um, the viewership has recently been going up, and we're doing pretty well thus far. And it's all thanks to you guys and ladies too. I appreciate all the help in making this podcast a success. And as always, stay healthy, physically, and mentally. Man, give me some of them meatballs. Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> you 
was right, man. These meatballs are fire. I told you. I told you. Your boy knows some good meatballs. Some good surprise baby shower meatball. Is this ground turkey meat too? <laughs> yep. These some ground turkey meatballs, man. These are good, huh? They good, huh? Your boy know. Yep. You are my boy, even though you're me. All right. All right. Yep. But as always, like I said earlier, y'all stay healthy physically and mentally. We'll see y'all next week.